Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Episode 421 of the Geek Cast Live Podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as they often are, Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. Uh, we are sans the necromancer tonight, uh, prior engagements. Uh, he is um, well, narfling. The, he's narfling the Garthok. <laughs> I almost exactly said the I almost said the exact same thing. Narfling the Garthok? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great little like something that Red Grim Grumble would do. <laughs> for, for all of you, uh, for all of you out there who don't get the Coneheads reference, that was a Coneheads reference. <laughs> uh, welcome. We have a very, well, we have a very interesting show tonight. And uh, Nick, when you listen to this over the weekend, yes, at that point I was talking to our audience. Um, <laughs> it is uh, we uh, we got a lot to cover here in the first half. And then in the second half of the show, we've got uh, two very cool guests, Rachel Stuhler and Cecilia Tan, uh, authors, two of the four authors from the latest addition to Serial Box, which uh, if you are an avid listener, you'll remember Serial Box from a couple weeks ago. And if you aren't an avid listener, we will refresh you later about Serial Box. Indeed. So, um, hey guys. Hi. Now that that's all out of the way, the housekeeping stuff. Howdy. Yeah. How are How you? you guys uh, been? Enjoying the uh, the torrential downpour and tsunami <laughs> of the greater Tippecanoe area? Did, did I? I can't remember. A couple. Have I talked about the uh, the hell that was putting my playset up? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Well, that blew away today. Um, <laughs> so. It's a uh, Sisyphean, I think, is the the adjective for that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it it I will I think to to my wife and I's credit though, and to the credit of uh, the people who put the thing together, which would be us, um, it it stayed together. It's just oh. not together. Ah, so yeah, and then all the other play toys are long gone, but my giant Cubs umbrella stayed put, which was it's. Like, of all the things that should have taken wind and blown away, you'd think an umbrella. And not, yep. I would say like, that about Cubs fans as a whole. 
Uh, I think we did just lose to the Mets, so that's nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been great around here. Yeah, how about you? How's the how's the uh, rains down in Africa, Joe? Are you are you still in Africa? No, I'm back in uh, I'm back stateside. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I'm back in uh, uh, the land of the Muggles. That's good. Mm-hmm. While you were in Africa, did you catch out that uh, that Black Panther trailer? Uh, I did. Horn. <laughs> What'd you say, the, Rob? I said the graph horn, but or is it a graph horn? What are you talking I don't, about? Are you talking about like the a, goblin that runs Gringotts? Because that's Grip Hook. You're thinking of a cornucopia, and that's called a cornucopia. I thought that's the graph horn was by the also way. something from. I, I might have been thinking of like an erumpent or something like that. Oh, an erumpent. That's oh, right. Yeah. Graph horn was something from the. Not, not from the yes, movie, from the book as well. It's much clearer now. <laughs> it might be, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I was never as into those books because they weren't main storyline. Oh, but they were such good flavor. Oh, they were good flavor. I just I didn't uh, absorb them uh, as well. Like through osmosis. Like, I was gonna say like through your skin. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I enjoy like this, a sponge. Like... <laughs> Like your literary patch that you slap on every day. Oh, mm-hmm. how great would that be, though? That would be fantastic. That would that would yeah. solve all of my problems about reading, which is the you know, time involved time in reading. Save. Right. Like it would be like a like. Do you pick the like the story and you just put like a like each chaps like each patch is a chapter or like a handful of chapters and it just kind of you absorb that to where like oh I've read the story. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is that what a literary How do you patch do that like? but with like just like great quotes that Anthony Hopkins like recites during Westworld? Like I used to read a lot and it was really like I couldn't read inside anymore because no one liked it. Now I wear the the <laughs> the Barnes and Noble literary patch. <laughs> like it used to be cool to read. Now no one does it. That would be tremendous. So I wear the Barnes and Noble literary patch, brought to you by Nook. <laughs> so it'd be it'd be a better deal than the Nook. <laughs> yeah, yes, it would. I bought. I was an early adopter of the Sony e-reader. Mm. Oh wow! I uh, it was like four hundred dollars. On the bleeding edge of that. Well, I didn't. What I didn't like reading on it at all. So let's mm-hmm. go right to that. I, 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 what made me buy it was the novelty of like, I could have all of my books on this thing. I can have a whole library here on something I'll never read. This was like early internet stuff. Like this was like 2002 ish. And so I bought this thing. It was one of my first big purchases as like an adult with a paycheck. It was like four hundred dollars, and then you had to set up an account, and then there was like a download store where you download like the books that you want onto your computer, and then you had to transfer them to your your deal. Right, because there wasn't like wireless. Right, there was nothing wireless. Like Bluetooth wasn't a thing. There was no. How did we survive know. back then? We were savages, Rob. We were barbarians. I dude, I remember, and this is gonna. I'm gonna sound like one of them old fucking guys. <laughs> but I remember having to like, like I lived four miles out of town. So like uh, on a summer day, I would have to wake up in the morning 
and bike into town, and then I'd have to know the, I'd have to know where all my friends lived, because <laughs> I I'd have to bike to their house to see if they were home, in order How to see if they wanted. How did you even know if people were actually eating if they didn't Instagram shit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe as a country we didn't eat. I don't know. <laughs> we may not have eaten. Hey, you know what? People have gotten a lot fatter since Instagram was invented. I think there is some correlation there. I think it, we need I, there. Somebody needs to do a study on this. <laughs> there are so many was, papers that are definitely waiting to be. I'd written. say there's a there's definitely a PhD dissertation there. <laughs> we actually like the phone book was a big deal. I love yeah, phone books are awesome. Wait, Until you realize they have. Second, if you will, what is this phone book you speak of? <laughs> like there was a literal book of phones. Well, it was of- so. It was a thick book of yellow paper that uh, strong also, men would often also, rip in also half. White, also white paper. Oh, that's true. There were the white pages. Yeah, you know what? People don't rip phone books apart anymore because no one knows what the <laughs> fuck a phone book is. We used oh, to get our internet delivered via mail. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's – I'm not lying well, to you. You know and, that. Right. Well, that was that was like whenever they were doing like the AOL disc and hey, shit like that. America, that. you would you would sit and wait for the AOL minutes to show up on a fucking disc in the mail, and then you would like clamor to put it in your machine to get like like six Ten. fucking hours of good instant messengers. Mm-hmm. Took like like half an hour to get on, and you had to listen to that awesome modem noise. Oh yeah. Which should be sampled in more songs. I, I could not agree a, more. There's not a sound that I listen to that is more pleasing to my ears. I think you guys just need to listen to more excision. Which I think I, Joe needs to listen to more sounds in general. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the one sound that makes him like come in his pants, his old like 90s modem, he needs, he needs just to listen to other sounds. Like anything. <laughs> Like bacon sizzling, or um, not as interesting or compelling. Bob Goulet singing show tunes. No, that that is good stuff. <laughs> oh man, I had a whole opening bit. We were going to talk about like Wonder Woman, and we were going to talk about Black Panther. And we we're gonna... I tried to do a Black Panther segue a little bit back. It's been derailed. <laughs> I don't even want to go back to it. I, we went right to Fantastic Beasts with that. It was uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. It was weird. What was your yeah. AOL screen name, or did you guys even need to have one? Uh, oh. Changer one. Changer one. What were you a fucking G E R, and then the number one. What were you like a Ready Player One fan or something? No, I was a big fan of Robin Hobb and one of the characters in the story that she wrote. Uh, his his pet wolf called him Changer. So were, I was, and I was you, really, well, and Changer was taken. So right, you were, obviously, it was either it was either Changer one or Changer seventeen seventy four. Well, Changer with an A was taken, and then C H uh, N G E R with no numbers was taken. <laughs> so I had to add the one. My AOL, and this is so. This is but you ever seen that meme where it's like, like a uh, back in the day when you thought like. Like Dragon Slut 994XX was a cool, like at hotmail.com, not realizing <laughs> that that's your fucking email. 
Yep. There's going to be there's going to be a, a word in some language on this beautiful planet of ours that is the sudden realization that your first email was actually just a shitty, terrible name, and you immediately got rid of it as soon as you became an adult. Are you ready oh, to oh, make man, fun I wish of I had me? In my head. You ready to make fun of me for life? Oh yep. yes. Mine was Latin for sexy. <laughs> That is tremendous. And, and it wasn't the Latin word for sexy. It, it was no. literally just Latin for sexy. Latin for sexy. If you're not My using name... that as your Reddit name right now. <laughs> My name is, like, what's your real name? Well, it's Latin for sexy. And people would say, like, oh, so, oh. like, like, carpe diem? Like, diem? Like, coitus. Or, or like, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. It's just L-A-T-I-N. F-O-R-S-E-X-Y. That's my... Coitacy uh... was a word that was used just now, by the way. I, I feel Coit. like we glossed over that. It fell out of my mouth, but I really felt like we needed to like nail that home. Coitacy seems really like um, like you're not sure. Like, is it like... Is it, is it coitacy? Yeah. That's what it seems like to me anyway. Like, is it, like enough of that? <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh shit! Well, I promised everybody who's listened thus far that um, I was going to talk about uh, Wonder Woman. Black Panther E3 is a thing. It is. It just there happened. Been, there's there's been some like really really solid stuff that's been coming from that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, have you guys? I don't know. If, did you guys ever get a chance to play the Shadows of Mordor game? No, but uh, I've heard very good things, mostly from you. I. I, I recommend it. It's, I mean, it, it's a fun sandbox. To, it's a cool little story and stuff like that. Uh, the sequel to it is coming out called The Shadows of War. And it is, it looks incredible. Um, so in the first one, it was basically like uh, Orc Slayer Simulator 2015. And uh, it, it was really cool. It was like essentially like the way that, the game functioned. It was like Grand Theft Auto, but you're in Mordor and you don't get to hijack cars. You just steal these wolf things that aren't wargs, but um, and just go around and do crazy shit. Awesome premise. Uh, well, this one they like decided that they were also going to add in like these crazy, beautifully designed fortresses and this like army and siege mechanic to it. So you nice. like can can do full scale warfare in Mordor over all of these different fortresses, and it, like something about that just really does it for me. Like I I'm really really hyped about that. I thought That's days. I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I would share. I'm glad you're hyped thought, about it. I thought Days Gone looked really good. Days Gone looks really. It, it continues to look really really good. Um, like uh, I'm, I'm seeing it, an open world pirate game from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just Skull and Bones, I think, is what it was called. That looks really cool. Um, Days Gone, I thought, looked really great. Um, it's It looks like that's going to be really solid. That's probably going to be one of the bigger games to come out here in the near future. You can actually lure uh, freakers, I believe they call them, in their mm-hmm. zombie world. Yep. You can, like, um, drag them along because they'll follow you. So mm-hmm. if you, like, collect one one collects four, four collects 16 type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you could, you could lead them to the gates of like an enemy base and, and then walk away, watch, watch them <laughs> wreak havoc. That's beautiful. That's awesome. 
Like that's such yeah, a that's... great little detail to add into a game, or or like just a great way to get play a game. I guess that has those mechanics built into it. Um, what else? Uh, the new Battlefront for Star Wars looks like it's going to be really solid. Uh, much much better than the one that was just released. Uh, mostly because it's got a solo play, like a, a solo campaign. And from what I've heard, and I think these are just like rumors flying around in the rumor mill, uh, wherever that is, um, that they're going to introduce or reintroduce rather local co-op, which is something that has been like sorely missing from games for like the last decade. Is that like what people used to play for like LAN parties? Well, well, yeah. Or being able to like plug my controller into the same console that your controller's in and we sit down next to each other oh. and like split screen or like local. what a concept yeah i know right fucking crazy i don't know why the fuck <laughs> we went away from that other than like people were i don't know people were assholes and decided that the internet was the future and we don't need to socialize wow that was a lot coming from me <laughs> that was that was so far against everything that i actually stand for <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be using a phone book. My God, I this is this is weird. Uh, so in other news, <laughs> uh, Venom was confirmed to officially not be part of the MCU. Right, and no, yeah. uh, like you said uh, in our text uh, today, I think we all knew it wasn't going to be. But it's, I was really waiting. I was here a- waiting. Yes, it, I hear it, what you're It's saying. too good of a property for Sony to hand off the rights to. Like Spider-Man, it makes sense. One, because they've been like beating that horse's corpse for a while. And <laughs> so, so venturing out and keeping like in that Spider-Man sandbox, but not necessarily focusing on Peter Parker again, is a good move for them. And I could see Venom is a, a character that like Marvel fanboys and fangirls have wanted to, to see in theaters for forever now because he hasn't ever existed because we don't talk about Topher Grace. <laughs> so it's a good, I, I think it's Jesus, a great Jesus, he play. was played by Topher Grace. Sorry. Oh, yes, he, yes, he was. Oh, yeah, I, I had erased that from my memory. For You were the better I just of think, us. Oh. I think what, what I, I, I guess what bothers me, and it shouldn't bother me, is that you have, you had a couple weeks ago Kevin Feige saying like Marvel has made the decision to actively collect all their characters back under one roof, mm-hmm. and then he comes out and says, "Oh yeah, but Venom's not part of the MCU." We'll see. So it makes you say, it makes you say like, "Okay, so which one is it?" Because if you're actively trying to put them under one roof, you think your dialogue with them would be same with Spider-Man, keep them but put them in the MCU. See now, I, I what my theory on this is is that they are i mean they're, they're obviously trying to get everything back into one roof it just makes sense from a business standpoint at the very least and then you know being able to throw in all of these different characters into the avengers movies just allows you to expand and blow up in all sorts of different directions so i'm thinking that it was a decision on sony's part if i had to guess to, to try and hold on to venom as closely as possible because with them He's giving Spider-Man like cash cow, exactly. With them giving Spider-Man back, they've they've still got the rights to this Spider-Man franchise, but they aren't using Spider-Man now. So Venom, being as big of a name as he is, and they've they've got Tom Hardy with it. There, there's talks of it being a rated R movie. Like there, there's a lot of potential there. So them keeping it close to their chest 
does make a certain amount of sense. It's the same reason that Fox isn't giving over the X-Men. Right. They, like, and, now, and now we have three separate Marvel Cinematic Universes. And that's, where I, and that's where DC has them, I think, is that they have their one. And now DC still has to pan itself <laughs> out. And we, right. we, could spend, we could spend a whole episode talking about Wonder Woman, and we probably should have by now. Um, that's us I'm, dropping the ball on it. But we also I'm have, about it. I feel like I will have a, a, an unpopular opinion on that, for sure. Well, but. We, also, we also have two guests tonight that might be able to speak to Wonder Woman's... Uh, a place in the pantheon of movies, if not, um, at least from a female's point of view, having uh, Wonder Woman in theaters. So that 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 should be a we should be able to cover it a little bit tonight. I, I would think. I wouldn't be upset about that. Uh, before we do bring our guest on, I wanted to touch on one more thing really quick because we uh, I, I think you tagged us in a article uh, today, I believe over, uh, San Diego comic-con suing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Salt Lake, Salt Lake. yeah, Salt Lake comic-con and, 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 that, and then Salt Lake comic-con counter suing San Diego comic-con. See, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I, I think that Salt Lake is absolutely in the right here. Um, I, I, I think they're in the right and I think they're going to be found legally to be in the right. Um, I hope so. Cause like as much as I love San Diego comic-con. It's, you know, it's cool. I'm really glad that it's brought all of the shit that I love to the mainstream and it's really blown up and like everybody, like there's this beautiful culture about it, but like Salt Lake, uh, comic, the, 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 the suit is over, uh, San Diego suing Salt Lake city, uh, comic-con because, or San Diego comic-con suing Salt Lake city comic-con because of, uh, the usage of comic-con comic-con. Period. Right. Like that. So, so, and as, as though like, comic conventions are not a thing. Right. But think, of, a, but think about it. If, if San Diego wins, what um, does that mean it, to every it, other, every exactly. other comic convention? It, like it we affects, have an Indiana comic con that we go to. I mean, we've been going to for the last couple of years. It, it can so, no longer legally be called comic con without threat of lawsuit. Or, or the, like the mm-hmm. Indiana. Um, something convention, but then exactly. it opens up. I think what it does uh, from a, uh, I think the reason that Salt Lake is going to be found, their countersuit's going to win the day, is because if you start allowing companies like that to get trademark over generic terms, now that's a it, dangerous it sets precedent. a legal precedent. I would think, I'm not a lawyer, but it would set a legal precedent for a company like Disney to say, "Oh, by the way, we own the word mouse." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. It does set a very dangerous precedent. Dangerous. Uh, dangerous. I don't know why what? that's how what? I pronounced it. but what you working with. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I, I think it was just uh, – I, I think it's kind of a ridiculous bold play on San Diego Comic-Con's part. Uh, comic conventions have been going on since, fuck, the 1960s or so ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just like – in San Diego, all across the United States, across the United Kingdom, like comics have been around for a long while. People have gathered right. to to share and discuss and geek out over comics. Convene. Right. For some time now. Before San Diego Comic Con was a twinkle in anybody's like eye or stream to the interwebs. So uh cool your fucking jets, San Diego. Right. 
Stay classy. Stay classy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> uh, anyway, with that, we got some guests. We do indeed. I'm going to add them here as soon as I figure out how to make my thumbs work. You, you just got to believe. Is that it? Just, just believe, believe. Just believe real hard. Wiggle your Hello. If you, hello. 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 How are we doing? Good. How are you? Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, Can you guys I'm hear Ryan. me? Oh, I can Hi, Ryan. You. Coming in uh, loud and clear. I've got a couple co-hosts with me. I've got uh, my man, Rob Bass. Hello, hello. Excellent. Hello. And, uh, and Cartoon Joe. Hello there. <laughs> Hi. And as I, as I have already told one of you, um, I have a special uh, superpower where I know how to pronounce people's names. <laughs> and, and, and from, uh, uh, from Serial Box, we have two of the four uh, authors of their, uh, their newest venture, uh, Geek Actually, which is a really cool uh, title we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, I've got Cecilia Tan. That's right. And Rachel and Rachel Stuhler. Yes, and nobody can say that correctly. So high Nailed five it. to you. Nailed it. <laughs> we've had uh, we've had some very colorful names on this show, and I've uh, I think I've only I've only missed one. Yeah, I think so. It's been now, an impressively low margin. <laughs> it really has like, been. I, I like I do not know how you do it because I I just like add vowels and throw in syllables and just kind of make <laughs> shit up as I go. Yeah, you have a hard time <laughs> saying regular words. Right, let alone like <laughs> obscure names. So hey, now, now I have to know who's the name that you couldn't that you didn't get right. I, think I can't it even was, remember. Was it the um, Quetzalcoatl? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It was uh, it was Dave Selakamp, I think. Uh huh. Selakamp. No. Uh, I think it was the guy from uh, the the Westeros podcast, uh, Aziz. Oh yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Yep. That sounds right. I'll bite. <laughs> but... Anyway, <laughs> we have um, uh, we had we had uh, some folks from Cereal Box on a couple weeks ago, and so our listeners who listen regularly. Know what cereal box is, but just if you guys could give us a refresher on cereal box before we actually get into uh, your guys' book. <laughs> uh, cereal box is the new way to consume fiction, or actually, maybe it's an ancient way to consume fiction. I mean, cer- <laughs> serialization. Serialization was like all the rage when newspapers were new, like in the days of you know Dickens, and and the printing presses were sort of a new thing, and it was. Uh, you know, now we've got the internet and people don't have always as much time to read an entire book at once as they might. So, uh, you know, it's like bringing people fiction in the same way that you bring them their favorite TV shows, you know, podcasts, etc. So um, you get an episode every week, which is a chapter and you can there's audio or text. And then at the end, it's it's a book when it's done. So, yeah. Hmm. I have to tell you, Cecilia, that hmm. was a way better answer than I possibly could have given. <laughs> so I'm glad that you answered that question. I was gonna it. say we, we could we could give the what's the um the buzzword for it is it's the HBO for fiction. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. See, I, it's funny, I find myself um with with the books I've read on Serial Box, I find myself binging it like I do Netflix shows. Uh-huh. I, 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 there's a part of it that says like, no, dude, use it, you know, like read a chapter and then, 
you know, go to bed it, you or know. eat lunch or you know wait for and I just I'm like no fuck it I, I'm just gonna I have to I'm gonna read you it. You want all of it? I do. <laughs> I want all of it. I binge read, which then just turns into reading. So I'm right. Same way. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait seven days to find out what's gonna happen next. I have to wait till it's all out. I read I, the whole thing. I just yeah, power through it all at once. Yeah. I did I a. Uh, I, I saw this subscription service uh, for a novel that these authors were doing, and it was they send you one chapter a month. Mm, that's a slow. month. That's <laughs> brutal. And I was like, I was like, I, I think I would just like, I think like I would read the first month, and then I'd wait, and and then I'd wait, and then I'd wait. And when the second month came around, I'd have to reread the first month. Right. I may right. just wait, right. wait till the yeah. book comes out. By month three, I would have forgotten that I was reading I would have it at all. I was reading it. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's mm-hmm. how I am. With, that's how I'm with web comics that don't update often enough, and then you yes. kind of fall off the wagon and forget that they're there, and just yeah. All um, right. So this is a weird tangent to jump into really quick. Uh, what kind of web comics do you read? Oh gosh, I've, I see of of the ones I've fallen off the wagon with. Uh, let's see, Mega Tokyo. I was completely obsessed with for a long time. Um, uh, then there are some that have finished, like like the epic adventure, the epic non-adventures of TJ and Amal is over, but so you can always go back and reread it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I'll do I'll read anything that Tab Kimpton writes. He's the guy from Chaos Comics. Um, just okay. whatever he's doing, smutty, not smutty. I'm there. You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Follow him on Patreon now to get it early. <laughs> you <know? laughs> there you are. Yeah. All right. So, so, so Geek Actually is the newest cereal box has to offer. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's it's your five new best friends, five <laughs> women is. from all sorts of geek life, uh, coming together from across the country, and one of them even in Canada, in the way that we communicate now over the internet, and they they talk every day on a Slack chat channel called Rebel Scum, and you get <laughs> an insight yeah, into you, all of their lives. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to retroly you have to say it right, Rebel Scum. <laughs> <laughs> While clenching your fist and like doing the half like shaking motion. Exactly. <laughs> well, so so the 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 writing advice that I've always heard. Stephen King says it in On Writing, you write what you know. So, right. or you should write what you know. So, <laughs> I'm guessing you guys are you're geeks. You're Oh, yeah. That's what you that's what you know, right? Yep. It's, yeah. Yes. And I have to tell you, this is the first time that I've ever really been allowed to let my geek flag completely fly as a writer, and it it's been really liberating. That's uh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah, for you. Good. That's uh, that's the, the that's what we're about here. Show is about that. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. um, uh, standing on a you know, proselytize your geek and be passionate <laughs> yeah. about whatever whatever that geekiness is. It could be you could be sports guy. You might be really into indigenous foods. Whatever. There's a guy out there uh-huh. who really geeks on making his own deodorant, and good for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what are you? What what do you guys geek on then? What is your what's your thing? What's what 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 makes your geek flag fly? Oh my God! Everything. 
Yeah, all all things. I can nerd out about almost anything, you know, from from baseball to Harry Potter. But I'm I'm the oh, big God, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter nerd in the group. Yeah. Um. The uh. Yeah. Let's don't get me started on Harry Potter. We'll talk about Harry Potter for an hour. Um. Yeah. <laughs> literally. We should probably um, at least spend like thirty seconds. Yeah. Quick. Uh, uh, what are your guys' houses? Um, Ravenclaw. Slytherin. I thought I was a Ravenclaw is the funny part, but it was my internalized Slither phobia that kept me from realizing I was a Slytherin for many years. Um, <laughs> I have to tell chances? you, my husband, my husband is still so angry. He keeps getting put in Hufflepuff. And you, can, <laughs> you can't say the word Hufflepuff around him without a 20-minute diatribe about how it is the shittiest house and all the losers get put there. Hufflepuff is awesome. That's what I keep telling him. Hufflepuffs make the world go round, I'm telling yeah. you. In, nothing, no, nothing gets done with <laughs> I told him. I told him you said that, Cecilia, and he said Hufflepuffs are the people who crank, who turn the crank to keep the world going. Yeah, basically, you know. Yeah. Those folks, and I am convinced that the Hufflepuffs are the ones with the best weed, and the and that's why. <laughs> yes. And that's why yeah. Professor Sprouts, their head of house, and they live next to the kitchen. There's no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You. you you, you know you are. That's why you always have to like. You got to keep like one good Hufflepuff friend around, right? Exactly. Hufflepuff, no. Hufflepuff so, and pass. If you know what I'm saying. You no, know, it's like the 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 Ravenclaws are getting caught like snogging on the astronomy tower, and the Hufflepuffs are just like partying on the down low. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, as a Ravenclaw, I am I am down with snogging on the astronomy tower. Okay. <laughs> What are the chances that five random people on the internet get together? We say what houses we're in, and we're only Ravenclaws and Slytherins. Right. Right. That is interesting. Of them, if you ask me. There ain't a Gryffindor in the bunch. God bless you for it. Yeah. Well, you know, the the nerd is strong in in both Ravenclaw and Slytherin too. You know, that's true. We're the obsessives. Congratulations, you know, on, on abandoning Hogwarts at its time of need. You three. Yeah. Well done. Hey, we were thrown out we, by Professor McGonagall, I'll remind you. Yeah. I was seven when the Battle of Hogwarts happened. <laughs> oh, so. Junior high, asshole. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I think I was... Tw- wait, it's the 90s, right? I keep forgetting. 1999? Ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. I was eighteen. So. Yeah, I was a I was a sophomore in high school. So uh, yeah, if it was ninety nine, I would have been seven or so, six or seven. <laughs> I'm not going to tell well, you how it was. Anyway, <laughs> because uh, Rob Joe, uh, the cool thing about doing this podcast for me is when you bring on people you've never talked to before, and like. We could, I, I, we could, if you had two hours, we could talk for Harry Potter for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that would do, that would do Geek Actually no service. Well, well what's kind of fun <laughs> is that Geek Actually was actually, we got to sort of meta geek. Yes, we did. You know, I mean, like normally I write science fiction, fantasy, paranormal, you know, et cetera. And so the geekiness is in the content of the thing, not in the, uh, you know, it's the thing that you are geeky about, as opposed to the. In in this case, in Geek, actually, we got to write. You know, uh, one of the characters is a 
um, you know, like a, a, a game designer. One of them is an editor at a science fiction publishing house. You know, one of them is a science fiction fantasy writer, you know, that kind of a thing. And it's like, so we got to write geeky things about like how book publishing works, which is, you know, I, my first job out of college was in book publishing. I've spent all my life sort of in and around book publishing, both as writer, editor, you know, whatnot. And it's just like getting to nerd out about little things. Like we were like, Oh no, the managing editor wouldn't say such a thing. You know, it'd be so-and-so <laughs> and the, and the, and the sales conference would happen on, you know, in February. So that would be, you know, whatever. It was like we had like these total, total nerd outs about how publishing houses work. And you know, what the like most that. meta of geekery. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I thought it was fun right in the beginning because we all came together at this at the story summit in New York yeah. and we spent it just an exhausting weekend. Um yeah working constantly and what i found so interesting is that we're all geeks but there was there were little crossovers but we all had our own thing right like mm -hmm. you know mel and world of warcraft and me right. and doctor mm -hmm. who and you and harry potter like yep. we mm -hmm. we all had sort of dipped our toe in everything but everybody right. had their own really strong geek cred yeah, and mm -hmm. so we became more than the the sum of our parts, even in that early stage. And I think that really informed the characters that we wrote. Yeah, we're like a giant robot that all the small robots combine together into one big one. You know, <laughs> we're like a social Voltron. <laughs> well, I was gonna say we're Voltron. Yes, yeah. serial Voltron. Yeah. This uh -huh. is so. You know, the second you start thinking you're even the slightest bit unique. <laughs> and how you, things come together, you find out that you're just—it's—it's it's such a great time to be a geek. It's the best time. It yeah, it truly is. I mean, I've—I've I've never, I, like, you know, you almost got to thank Tony Stark. For, in a weird <laughs> yeah, way, you know, I mean, you yeah, got—you've uh -huh. got to thank. Um, I send Robert Downey Jr. a thank you letter at least once a week. Has he ever written you back? He has not. Okay. Uh, I, not I even as a restraining has, like, a collage order? of all of the, the selfies that I send him. <laughs> it's just it's such a great time to be a geek, and it's so cool. You know, I'm a I'm a uh, I have an eight year old son. I've got a, a five year old daughter and a uh, two year old daughter, and it's so cool to be able to, you know, I, I had I almost hid a lot of this in high school. You know, I, yeah. mean, I was a, yeah. I was, I was a popular athlete in my high school. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't us. You, you couldn't have been the popular athlete who also was, you know, into Star Trek. Master. Who right. was yeah. also mm -hmm. a, gr a great dungeon master. You know, that's not, right. even though, yeah. I mean, I kept mm -hmm. dice in my locker, but I kept it behind my math book. So no one saw <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. to, to, to live in a world now where it's like, it's it's actually cool to be that now, and I, I, I to, to have especially and now like we were talking before you guys came on, um, to have a five year old girl, um, to have Wonder Woman in theaters, to have mm -hmm. um, yeah you know up until this her she's she's the girliest girl you've ever met she's it's everything's pink and unicorns her room I, I, the color of her bedroom I call it Iraqi torture pink it's, <laughs> it's the most pink pink you've ever seen and and but now she's there now there's a different princess right that she wants and now it's now it's wonder woman yeah you know i i have to tell you i have a three-year-old son and a five-month-old son and i'm so grateful to be raising boys now as opposed mm -hmm. to even 10 years ago and when mm -hmm. it comes to wonder woman like 
obviously he's around me all the time and I am super rah-rah annoyingly feminist. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that that gets on some of the, the nerves of the other moms in preschool, but I was so <laughs> proud of him. Today was his last day and he, t- we took in what he called lemonade juice for all of his teachers. It was wine. Cause I thought they needed it. And <laughs> <laughs> I asked him to pick out which thank you card he wanted. And he said, well, I think we need Wonder Woman because they're all my Wonder Women. And oh, I thought, awesome. yeah. A three-year-old, he never thought twice about it. He he loves superheroes. His room is covered in it. And mm-hmm. and that was the his first thought was Wonder Woman. And I thought, yes, we finally mm-hmm. got to this fucking place where mm-hmm. it's it's okay for him to feel that way. And and it's and nobody's gonna make fun of him for it. And I don't have to spend, you know hours undoing what has just happened at school mm-hmm. right correct right. yeah correct uh-huh. Amen. Yeah. my my nephews are nine and eleven and they are they are just grown up like they're they're i guess i call them mainstream nerds because yeah they're they're into all of the superhero stuff and they go to all the movies and we went to see dr strange together and you know whatnot and they and they also play football and baseball and soccer and every possible sport that nine and 11 year old boys are allowed to play um and you know whatnot and they're into the new york yankees they live in new jersey and you know so forth and so on and it's just like so i'm letting them nerd about out about everything you know i i sent the older one the hogwarts letter last year but then i'm sending him you know, awesome. I'm sending him the the New York Yankees, you know, uh, I'm sending him a New York Yankees fan kit this year and, you know, whatever. I'm going to start him reading baseball stats next, you know, and that's, <laughs> you know, it's like a parallel universe of nerds in the sports world, you know, too. Mm-hmm. So it's well, like. Well, we've, we've said it forever. The, the guy who, the guy who um, uh, hates Dungeons and Dragons, but is mm-hmm. an avid fantasy football player. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's, He's just playing a different. It's a different scheme. Right. It's, it's absolutely yes, but it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's now. Do, is is one of the goals for your your serial like or your novel, your book? Is it to kind of show that there's multiple things you can geek on? Is that? Yeah, and and that women. Theme? Yeah, and that kind of and that that women. Uh, sort of participate in sort of geekery in so many different ways, both as, you know, sort of producers and as consumers. Um, yeah. You know. We yeah. aren't just, we aren't just on the arm of a man going to this movie or we don't, you know, I didn't just pick up old man Logan because my husband was reading it. Mm-hmm. We argued over who got to read it first. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's a way to let everybody know that we are a big part of this world, even if people necessarily don't know that we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. M- more than just women, women and geekery are, are more than just uh, corsets at cons. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> which is cool. Which is I, really I feel like cool. right now, in our, like in our whole culture, it's like there's this weird moment going on where people are like, oh, oh, women, you know, like not just in, in 
nerd culture and you know whatever but it's like i don't know you just look at congress and they're like what why would you want to have any say in healthcare or why would you want to and it's like excuse me have you just like forgotten this ha- half of the human race you know like aren't haven't we gotten beyond this already and it's like i don't know so they keep trying to turn the clock back on us somehow yeah why are you upset that we only interrupt the female senators i don't yeah, understand yeah right you know you're just like what <laughs> you know so i don't know just and they say you know what you, one of the ways to change the world is sort of when you write fiction, you get to sort of show people a point of view that they can't see if you just told them a real life story. You know, if it's a real life story, you say, oh, that's like watching the news. People can kind of distance themselves from it and be like, oh, yeah, that happened to those people over there. But when you when you tell a story in fiction, people live that life for that, you know, hour that they're reading. Yeah, you're, it. you're invested and you're, you're pulling yeah, through that perspective. Exactly. And so, I also think you know. it's 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 really important that people who maybe don't even necessarily identify with the geek culture can identify with these women in some ways because then it normalizes our culture to them. We are right. not the we are not the other anymore. We're people right. that you know and you love. And hey, you know what? That um, that interest seems a little bit similar to what I like over here. And maybe it's not that weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, just like the whole mind-blowing thing that the media keeps reinventing about every five years. They're like, oh, my gosh, women like sex? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm, not, you know, I'm not kidding. I feel like every five well, to seven years, like, this major explosion comes along where they're like, what? Women are reading about it, watching movies, you know, whatever it is, buying vibrant. cosmopolitan. Yeah, exactly. It's like it just has to come around every couple of years, like like suddenly culture rediscovers that women like sex, and it's like, okay, I don't. Where does this idea come from in the first place? I don't know. Um. <laughs> just to be just to be clear, Ravenclaw women really like sex <laughs> in the astronomy tower. <laughs> so I just want to. <laughs> That's Ravenclaws have always. We've known. heard the stories. <laughs> Ravenclaws have always known. It just seems like the the stone would be really cold. I don't, I, it's that's what warming charms are for, Rachel. That's right. a good point. That's a good point. Hey, there's a reason that Slytherin is in the dungeon. Hmm. <laughs> True enough. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm glad we got there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long it was a long journey to dungeon sex, but you know what? It's, it's <laughs> but, we've, but we've made it. It's Not only my taken mind. four seasons and twenty one episodes. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Why does why does the school have a dungeon? <laughs> Never mind. Well, no, it, we can go there too. Yeah. You, we're not shy. I'm just picturing Coral running in saying sex. In the dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Argus filters over weeping because that's <laughs> not what dungeons are for. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's pushing the mop bucket around. Although, actually, there's not a whole lot of context with God, I miss the screaming. <laughs> uh, that's true. It's a good that point. Is true. Uh huh. There are there are some very interesting things we could debate about. Yeah things that are actually said in the in the canon there are aren't there and there's that yeah there's that marauders map scene in the movies where there's the like the two footprints in the corner right facing they're, obvious, the, they're yeah. obviously doing a thing yeah. <laughs> so true oh my gosh yeah mm. so true. 
Well, you know what? I honestly, I didn't think we'd get the Harry Potter sex, but I'm glad. Yeah, we did. Hogwarts kink was not on like my list for the night, but I'm really glad that we've got here. And just so you know, that might be the episode title: Hogwarts kink. There might be some sort of copyright infringement. I don't know. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we do. There are some little things in the you know in the in the the Slack chat that goes on between the characters where they are nerding out about various things, and yeah, one of them. Uh, um, the the one who's the big cosplayer and whatnot is basically trying. Trying to now I'm trying to remember which argument we. She's trying to convince them all basically that, like why why Draco is perfect for Harry and right. Know, oh so no. Why, why, why Ginny Weasley is a beard? You know. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I buy it. You know, I mean, you know, she she makes the whole argument that it's like, okay, let me get this straight. So you built up this romance between Harry and Ginny for you know six books essentially, and then toward the end of book six. Which is when they finally get together, the entirety of their relationship happens between two chapters. So it's like Harry comes back from detention for almost killing Draco, which he's pissed off about. I'm like, are you serious? This is supposed to be like a hero character, you know, whatever. And he's angry because Snape gave him detention because he almost killed another student. I don't know. Anyway, that's the point where I'm like, okay, Harry is unhinged. And he comes in, they're having like the big Gryffindor, uh, we won the Quidditch Cup party. And Ginny, of course, was the seeker because he was in detention and whatever. And then she, like, grabs him and kisses him. And then in the next chapter, there's basically this, like, half a cha- half a paragraph where it's like, and then they had long walks by the lake. And then he breaks up with her. <laughs> because he's like, he's like, I must go off to, you know, he, he goes off. With there's Dumbledore. a war on Cecilia. Yeah, he, exactly. He goes off. <laughs> But this is the thing. It's like, let me get this straight. So you spent six whole books that almost a million words building up this romance between the two of them. That was love at first sight was the second Ginny first saw him. Right. And then the entire relationship essentially happens between chapters. You know, that's what I call a beard. (laughs) That's that's, that's wonderful. So yeah, I gave that gave that argument to one of the characters in the in the Slack chat, and all the rest of them are like, no, 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 you know, <laughs> whatever. Well, See, maybe no, I, can... I I completely buy all of that, but I I don't know about the Draco thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I just either you, you see it or you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's either it's, there or it's, it's not. <laughs> Harry was rapidly becoming obsessed with Draco Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> the line that launched a thousand ships, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be the. That's the episode title. I think <laughs> the line that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> wow. Well, we yeah. we uh-huh. we wrap every show up by asking a very important question. Mm-hmm. We call it Geek Weekly, and it's what you've been geeking on this week specifically and it could be anything (laughs) and because you're our guests you can either go first or you can go last your choice what do you think rage i i'm i'm fine going first so it's um honestly for me it has been doctor who because up until this point um, I feel like Capaldi didn't get the best writing and this season he's been so amazing and, and I think he's amazing always. I just think the, the writing finally caught up with his genius and Pearl Mackey is such a great foil for him that I have, I am so obsessed with the season and, uh, duly so sad that 
it's the best of him and also the last of him. And after mm-hmm. all of this, I want to keep him now. And if I can't keep him on the show, I kind of want to like keep him in my pocket. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> There's nothing quite like a pocket Capaldi. <laughs> like, I, I, I hope that he actually Capaldi. just like screams profanity all the time. I was just like, going to say like in the thick Capaldi. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want, I want him to be the doctor with the language of in Malcolm the thick Tucker. of it. Right. Yes. yes, that's what what I would hope for. So that's that's my geek of the week. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm so upset I haven't watched this season. Oh my god, it's so good. Get on I, that shit. I know it is. I just <laughs> I just haven't got around to it yet. Did you hear that next season they think they're probably going to have just one storyline? It's going to be very episodic. In the, like it's, I guess not episodic. It's uh one story Linear. arc. One arc, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's really that's dangerous not. with a show like Who because with an hour episode, uh, y- you and 10, 10 to 13 of them, you really have to make sure you can fill that time, which is a, you know, a problem that all the Marvel shows have. It's they sh- they need to be based on how long the story takes to tell, not how yeah. many episodes you want to put mm-hmm. on television because yeah. stuff yeah. starts to drag and I, I think that's – yeah, it's a bad shit. idea. Mm-hmm. Not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this because of the showrunner change? I, I don't know why they're doing it. Um, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't read the article. I read the headline and the subheadline. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Made some small inferences and then that's what I decided. You should know better yeah. than this. This I'm is your this to... is your like parallel universe. We just had this conversation like two weeks ago. Look, I used I used to clickbait, but now I wear a clickbait patch. <laughs> <laughs> just to get your fix. I tried the, I, I tried the clickbait gum, but I didn't like the taste of it. it yeah. Well, obviously it's failed you. You might need a second patch. I don't know. I probably, need, I probably need to start wearing two patches. You're probably correct. Oh man. Yeah, I, I I confess that there are a lot of shows that if I had more time, I would watch. But instead, I watch people watch them on Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, you know, this and that. It's so much Just fun can... to watch my Twitter feed, essentially, people's heads explode. A straight hour, you know, with them screaming at each other and, you know, the screen and whatnot. And I'm just like, I don't need that's, to watch these shows. It's much more fun to watch all of you watch them. But if you have, but if you're spending that hour, if you're yeah. spending that hour, why don't you just sit in front of the TV and watch it and read their reactions as you go? Because I'm, you know, doing other things. I'm multitasking, you know, so I'm, I'm like, like surfing, scrolling through know. Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's like you scroll through a little bit of Twitter and then you go back to doing something else and then, right. you know, scroll through a little bit longer and, you know, whatnot like that. But, yeah, I well, don't know. Yeah, that's back to Facebook, play a little bit of Clash of Clans. Like, you know, there, there's a lot going on. And, you know, when you're a, when you're a, you know, an independent author or whatever, you, you end up doing a lot of, yeah, Facebook maintenance and whatnot. It's like... Mm. I'm not a author, but I constantly do Facebook maintenance. Yeah. So I, I feel you. Yeah, I'm, I need that's, to. That's what where I'm the live is from now on. Yeah, I need to go prune my Facebook garden. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> the the live part of Geekcast Live used to actually be a thing. We we uh, we came together as three people who watched TV and then snarkily posted TV uh-huh. comments on Twitter. 
Uh-huh. And then we decided, let's just kind of just make it a thing, and then we'll we'll tweet <laughs> under the Geekcast Live handle. Uh huh. And then somebody said, you should podcast instead. We're uh-huh. like, all right, cool, whatever. We're not doing anything on Wednesdays. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, uh-huh. yeah. here we are. But yeah. um, so we've got Doctor Who, and what else do we have for the uh, the Geek Weekly here? Oh gosh, let's see. Well, th- this week I did a uh, basically deep dive on on New York Yankees baseball statistics. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. You know. Yeah, I I was at the stadium last weekend, and I know I live in Boston, but I went, I have season tickets in New York because that's where I'm from, um, originally, and uh, I at and we went to see a game, and the next and I follow the I follow a lot of baseball writers and stats people. I used to edit for Baseball Prospectus, and I'm currently the editor of the Baseball Research Journal for the Society for American Baseball Research. Um, so yeah, I wow. Have, I have a lot of baseball knowledge in my head. And so I follow a lot of really interesting baseball thinkers and analysts on Twitter. And then it's really fun to watch a game live and then see what everyone who's watching it at home is like commenting on, you know, whatnot. And I'm like, I'm here, you know, um, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, this, this, the, there's just some historic proportion stuff going on right now with a kid named Aaron Judge. who he's is a stud. Um, he's amazing. And he's like what super he, six, nice. Six, seven? Six foot seven, but he's yeah. like if you scaled up a regular human, like 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 some basketball players <laughs> oh, so who are six foot seven or like freakishly tall. He just looks like he took a regular person and then like maxed out all of his dice rolls. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like seriously, like if there were a video game where you were allowed to max up, you know, like like all five tools of a baseball player, you know, and whatever, it's like this is who you get, and it's just you know. So yeah. he's, guys, he's, he hit a baseball the other night that I don't think it's landed yet. Uh, <laughs> since, since ESPN's been keeping track of distance of home yeah. runs, yeah, since the, the, the Statcast era, yeah, yeah 495 it, feet, and the only reason it didn't go further is it hit the Bank of America sign at the yeah. back of Yankee Stadium, oh, and it, I mean, it, it kept going. The wow. only the only time I've seen a ball hit further than that was at a, a home run derby. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, exactly. Yeah. I was at that home run derby, <laughs> and it was like. Uh, we once saw Alex Rodriguez hit a ball on the old Yankee Stadium that hit an ambulance that was parked in the like maintenance area next to Monument Park. And I went back to look up the distance, the estimated distance on that. So I was pre-Statcast, but it was like they ex- estimated that at 488 feet. And I'm like, so this is this was further than that. It really was. It was literally the largest home run I've ever seen. And so that, of course, started this sort of statistical deep dive on, you know, how different players who have hit 20 home runs in the first 60 games and, you know, so forth. And it's like, oh, the people who did it before, oh, Babe Ruth in 1927 when he, you know, set the 60 home run record. And then, oh, Roger Maris, the year that he hit 61 and broke the record, you know, et cetera. And you're just like, wow. (laughs) Okay. So, so it's not our imagination. This really is that amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then for it to be a rookie doing it, it's just like, you know, people are like, forget the rookie of the year. He's just heading straight for the MVP, you know, and it's just, which now he can win both. Can't he? You can. I I, I believe there's one previous American league player who did that. I think Fred Lynn did it. Right. So now I have to, now I have to go back and check and (laughs) 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 make sure I was like, well, that that was right. You know, I'm Googling it. That, you know, that fascinates me. I've been, my son is a baseball wonk. I mean, he'll, uh, uh-huh. he just. How many times did he watch the, the Cubs World Series game? Oh, man. We, wa- we watch it, we watch it every Saturday morning. 
Forget cartoons. It's every every Saturday morning since they won it, we watch Game Six or Game Seven. Oh, it's great. Um, it's so great. I love that. I love that so much. I can't tell you. I mean, we, we, I mean, <laughs> this. I, I live in a baseball house. I'm. A, I mean, I got a Cubs W tattooed on my forearm. I'm. We are. Yeah. We are, I, I got a, I got a fat, I'm looking at a fat head of Chris Bryant right now. And I just, I mean, I love, they're struggling now. I still think they'll win the division, but, uh, you know, they get to play. I mean, they score, they put 14 runs up on the Mets two nights ago. I know. I know. Um, they're a great team. They're just, they can't, they, they're just, I don't know if it's a, a hangover or if they're just struggled out of the gate and can't figure it out. But, um, I like to just you know, call my, it the struggle bus. When I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid and I collected baseball cards, it was I, I didn't care what was on the back of the baseball card. Um, that's what he cares about is the back yeah. of the baseball card. He yeah. will spout stats. He'll we'll be watching mm-hmm. a game and he'll be like, you know, well, Dad, he's batting four twenty four. Uh, we were talking about uh, Ben Attendees. Is it Ben Attendees yeah. from Boston? Yep. We're sitting. Yep, yep. I'm having a cup of coffee this morning. He's watching MLB, uh, the MLB channel, and before they say it on TV, he says. Well, Dad, in his last ten games, he's batting like four eighty four, <laughs> and and they said they said they said that like five minutes later, and I was like, right. "Whoa, they, like what the fuck? Do you, what, what is this beautiful mind?" <laughs> <laughs> so, See, and we're we're in a we're in a golden era for people who love stats because there are yeah. more stats available. You can get them more easily. There, you know, there are more people analyzing them. Computers are super fast now, so when you want to find out, you know, whatever calculate something you don't have to i mean the, the original super saber stat heads were people who like worked at a university and then like would run their calculations overnight on the mainframe you know <laughs> like now now my iphone has more power than that you know <laughs> so it's what about like, what have i been telling you joe about baseball yeah oh no i believe you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, there, if there was a sport to get into if you're if you're at all into pouring mm-hmm. over things it's baseball yeah. mm-hmm. it's a pool i'll drown in if i stick my face <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah i I've, I've converted a lot of people into into baseball nerds also then from other forms of nerdery by taking them to a game and then you know being like and the great thing about it is then if you ever find yourself in a place where you can't talk about actual nerd things because there were still you know, there's still pockets of places where, you know, like sports and, 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 you know, science fiction and comic books or whatever don't mix. You can always talk about baseball anywhere in this entire country. You can walk into any bar, any, you know, anywhere you sitting in a gate waiting for a plane, you know, whatever. It's like, you can always talk baseball with people. And it's like, you know, you just fly under the radar then because all of a sudden you become a quote unquote normal person to them. <laughs> you know? all right, I'll, I'll, ask you, like... I'll ask you one baseball question before I tell you what sure. I was geeking on this week. Sure. Cause it's, it's, it's what we talk about at Thanksgivings. It's what we talk about around my family. If, if you needed just, if you needed just a base hit, uh-huh. who in the history of baseball, who do you pick? Oh, you mean who who should be the one, the batter you send up on your Yep, you're your the manager, fantasy? and, and, and uh-huh. you have, all you need is a base hit. You don't need a home run. You don't need a double. Mm-hmm. You just need a base hit. Who do you pick? I don't know. I'm going straight to Ted Williams. That's that is a very that's a very common answer around around <laughs> yeah. the, around this question. Ted Williams is a like, very common answer. You know, like that's a, it's kind of a safe answer. Like if I wanted to think about it a little bit more, I could probably come up with somebody who was like you know like a dark horse candidate, you know, <laughs> whatever who was like, but 
you know, like just, I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Good answer. Uh, no, it's yeah, a, a very yeah. valid answer. Hmm. Well, and I'm saying, and I'm on, saying that as a Yankees fan. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I've been geeking on this. Uh, I watched this video uh, over the weekend. Um, the, the year that Barry Bonds, ones? yeah, the chart party one. The, the year that Barry Bonds went, had a on base percentage mm. of six hundred nine. Yeah, it was 2004. Uh, mm. This guy um, did a deep dive into what would his on-base percentage have been if he'd never used a bat. Right. If he so just if stood he, there. If yeah. he just stood there. Have you seen that? Uh-huh. No, no. But okay. I, I, I did the see one basically is, that was what would pitchers on base percentage be if they went up there without a bat. <laughs> and well, it was actually, it was actually better than, than if they swung. <laughs> uh, well, this, the, the concept here was that the pitcher pitching to Barry Bonds uh-huh. didn't know he didn't have a bat. Right, right. So yeah. they still pitched to him like he had one. Right, of and, course. And uh, yeah. after running all the analytics and actually looking at every at-bat that year for him and the actual pitch counts he was in and what happened, mm-hmm. and running all the numbers, uh, without a bat, he would have had an on-base percentage of 608. <laughs> which is true, which is just, it blew my mind. And then it had me looking right. back on... I mean, it had me second guessing my own stats and looking at trying to look it up myself. Right. And so right. that's what well, I was, was going to say. I was geeking on baseball stats this week. So it's right. very cool mm-hmm. you said that. Yep. 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 Well, and the whole thing was so many of those were intentional walks or unintentional intentional walks where they just didn't really want to pitch to him. So, you know, so the thing is, if you, what you wanted was a base hit, though, he wouldn't have been the right choice because you can't get a hit if they don't throw you a, ball, a pitch you can hit. <laughs> he, uh, he had the, the amount of times that he had like, it was a three-in-one count, mm-hmm. and the pitcher just said, fuck it, nope. put him on first. Yeah. Nope, put him on first. <laughs> yep. Or the amount of times that he had bases loaded, and they intentionally walked him. Yep. Mm-hmm. We, the, we the, went... the weird stat to me was the amount of times they had no one on base. The and most they were just damage like... you could do is one run, and they just Right, and they were just like, him. nope. Yep, I know. It was I great. <laughs> Such a mind game. We went to see a game at, uh, at what was then, you know, uh, Pac Bell Park, now it's some other name I've already forgotten. Um, but, uh, and it was like, uh, Richard really was batting in front of him and he kept hitting a double. And then of course, first base would be open and they would walk bonds and everybody would, and everybody would boo. And then finally in like the seventh inning bonds came up with, it was either men on first and second. No, it was, it was bases loaded. It was bases loaded. And we we kept saying now, if only Aurelia will walk this time, you know, then the bases will be loaded. And he hit a grand slam. It was, it was home run number 545 <laughs> for him. And wow. I was just like, I'm like, I criticize Barry Bonds for a lot of things, but I came to this park to see him hit a, hit a home run. <laughs> you yeah. know? And That's so, why, you know, why and would, why else did you watch him? Yeah. Ex- and then there it was. And we were just like, you know, we screamed our lungs out. It was just and like, his, okay, this real is real shame. His real shame is that without the steroid allegations, without whether he right. took them or not, the mm-hmm. real shame is that he had a Hall of Fame career before his head grew four sizes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. He, sh- he, he should be in, and it's a travesty he's not. I, You know, I think that Hall of Fame stuff is going to change in the next decade or two, that people's oh. attitudes about the so-called steroid era are going to change. because They're going to have to, I think. You know, and it's... It's going to be interesting to see because it's a Hall of Fame is a political thing in so many ways. Yes. It's about PR and about the image of the game and about you know whatever. And it's not about 
if it was just about stats, you know, it, it would be a completely different group, you know. So um, it's about a lot of other it's sort of intangibles, quote unquote intangibles, you know. To, so. to all of you sports ball people out there who say, I don't understand how we would just sit and talk about baseball forever. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are you kicking on this week? Um uh, Good Eats is uh, has a season up on Hulu now, Ooh. and uh, it's it's unfortunately I think it's only like season thirteen, um, and it's been great to go back and revisit these, um, yeah. especially like uh, now when I'm older and wiser and have actually cooked at some point. <laughs> um, it's really fantastic. I, I just watched the episode where. Uh, uh, he was talking about sustainability with fish mm. and it was just so fascinating to me. Like if he did, if he were to come back, uh, after his, his eat your science live tour things and do a show just on sustainable cooking, mm. mm-hmm. I think it would be the most fascinating thing on TV for me. Wow. Uh, it was, right. it was a fantastic episode and mm-hmm. I will try and uh, find the name here. Cool. But it was really cool. It's, always, and it's it, always a cool. It's always a cool episode uh-huh. title, like a, like a heavy is the loin or something. Right. I think this one was the once in future fish. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. That sounds oh, right. Uh, yeah, I can nerd out about food forever as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't Goodness. Know and actually, that Instagram, but it's 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 mostly cat pictures, and the rest of it is all food photos. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the point of Instagram. We were actually talking about that too earlier. Cat photos and photos. You know. Uh, Before Instagram existed, did we even eat? (laughs) Right. Everything (laughs) everything we ate came from Trader Joe's before that. There's no record. You know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got a a doer of liquid nitrogen downstairs for making ice cream with. And, you know. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah, and it actually I, reminds thought, me... I thought I liked food until I met <laughs> Cecilia, and then I was like, "Oh, I don't oh, like Cecilia as much as she does." I just have a I, casual relationship with it. I like it on a molecular <laughs> level. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I also just uh, I I had forgotten somehow, but I just finally bought myself a uh, a hand burr grinder for my coffee beans. Mm. Just na- oh. and just now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like this week. Or what have you been doing for coffee? Uh, I've been using a, uh, blade, uh, mechanical blade grinder. Oh, what a bummer. Like well, a spice grinder. The, welcome, welcome to the real world, man. It's, it's, it's the best <laughs> coffee I've ever had. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, so. I don't, I don't drink coffee, but my husband is the big coffee nerd and, um, he, he has so much equipment now that we call it his coffee meth lab. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you open this one cabinet and people are like what's in here oh <laughs> it's just all different kinds of like roasters and grinders and and diffusers and stuff <laughs> you know it's this total mad science setup and i'm like yeah that's just so corwin can can self-medicate his add with caffeine <laughs> yeah, when, my, my my wife reached her peak when she she came around the corner and i was wait i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i was originally gonna say but out of context, it's going to sound fantastic. She <laughs> came around the corner, and I was hand frothing my milk. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I say in, in in the dungeon. By the, <laughs> by in the context, <laughs> in context, talking about coffees and uh, 
coffee apparatus, it makes sense. <laughs> Out of context, I was just caught masturbating. In <laughs> <sighs> Rob, what are you geeking on this week? Uh, so it's uh, uh, two things for me, actually. Uh, first one, um, it's got to be E3. Uh, there is just... <laughs> Like, as a whole, like, premise and, like, everything, I, as most of our listeners know, I'm a massive gamer, um, so this is, like, my little, like, ray of sunshine for all of the beautiful things to come in my near future, um, and there are some really, really good games that are getting ready to come out. The new God of War um, looks like it's going to be fantastic, uh, the Shadows of uh, War for uh, the Shadows of Mordor sequel that I said earlier. Um, one of my favorite indie producers, um, they, uh, they made, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Brother, a Tale, uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, they're coming out with a really cool co-op game that's uh, just a prison break game, more or less. And it looks like it's yeah. going to be like really, really solid. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, really hyped about that. But more importantly, my other thing is next week I will not be on the show. I will be at Electric Forest, which is a music festival that I go to every year and have been for the last several years now. And I am so ready. I am the most hyped. This is this is going to be fucking incredible. So I'm I'm really really excited to to power through this week, make it through the next half, and go on my little vacation. So cool. Video games and dubstep music, I guess. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> nice. Par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been kicking on this week. Getting a solid contact hype from your so hype, Rob. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so where can our listeners uh, find you, read your works, uh, chat with you on the interwebs, etc., etc., etc.? Cecilia, do you want you're better at uh, doing the whole pitch for Geek Am Actually? Okay. So, yes. Well, well, so Serial Box uh, can be found on the internet at SerialBox.com, or there is an Android or iPhone app, so you can consume it uh, mobily. Um, the first episode's free, of course, like any good addictive thing. Um, <laughs> so you can go and read that one right now. And then uh, is it today or tomorrow at- uh, episode two launches today. Today is, it today? is episode two because it's mine. So of course I ah, okay, don't okay. I've, <laughs> I've lost track of like what day of the week it is, and I know, understand. Like all, all I know is that a Pokemon Go uh, event just started, and now I'm mm-hmm. like counting down to when that ends. You know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, um, my whole life time wise now revolves in these 21 hour arcs because of Pokemon Go. Um, <laughs> so it's terrible for my sleep cycle. Um, <laughs> The uh, but yeah, so so cereal boxes in they and they don't just do geek actually. I mean, they have a whole passel of different cereals in all different genres. Some of them are science fiction, fantasy, YA, um, you know, Victorian, whatever. There's just all kinds of super consume super consumable fiction. Yeah, um, and then you can find me and Rachel at our various places on the interwebs. Um, I yeah. think we have uh, basically everything we have is just our names. Like, yeah. you're, our, I'm at Rachel Stuhler on Twitter. I'm Rachel Stuhler on yeah. Facebook. You know, it's yeah. pretty easy to find. Yeah, I'm super easy. I'm at, just go to ceciliatan.com and you will find all the ways to find me. And like someone else had Cecilia Tan on Instagram already. So I'm Tan writer on Instagram, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, um, yeah, it's a super, super common name in like Singapore. 
So I have to try to yeah, so I have to try to nab Cecilia Tan anytime a new site comes along. <laughs> you know? Be the first like, one in there to get it. I know. There yeah. is there's an award-winning doctor in the Bay Area named Rachel Stuhler. She's like 10 years older than me. And oh I I have heard through the grapevine that she is really annoyed that if anybody Googles her and her <laughs> life-saving work, that she is like 25 pages back. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Hey. to get a pseudonym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Bachman yourself then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. You were uh, a breath of fresh air on this <laughs> show. <laughs> Thanks for fun. having us. Yeah. And we will be sure to link uh, cereal box in the show notes and we'll let you know when this comes out i'll uh, i'll tag you on facebook and and cool. the instagram and the twitter and um yeah I, and thanks yeah. for coming out it was a great show <laughs> yeah, thanks so much have a great night <laughs> take it easy ladies have yourselves a good one have fun Au revoir. the the myriad of show title possibilities I have written down in my notes. There's a right? good many of them. I don't know what I'm going to go with. <laughs> there was, there was a, a good many of them. There's a real good choice that Pocket Capaldi <laughs> is the title of the episode. It's a solid, it's a solid, in my mind right now, looking at them, it's a solid number two. It's like a 1A, 1B type scenario. I can see that. Pocket Capaldi. Oh, hey, guess what? What's that? There's plugs after this. Oh. There's plugs? (laughs) You said that like you just looked around your room. Like, (laughs) what? Where? Where? Plugs? Plugs? We'll stay around for them. They're behind you. Bye. You just whisper that they're behind me. Yes. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chapsnatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GeekCastLive for special content perks and that warm fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.